been talking about the last few weeks how dead it is after the NFL, but holy shit, it is like we're trying to scrap together an outline for this podcast, and there is just nothing going on. Well, <laughs> there's actually a lot going on. There's nothing really funny to talk about. World War Three is trending. S- the Civil War is trending. Yeah, that's huge, but that's not what we're going to talk about in this podcast. Um... <laughs> But it is crazy. Like, there is just nothing really going on out there. Any Anything, guys? Anything? I mean, no, I think those two things are pretty much dominating everything. It's, yeah. it's, it's less, you know, fallout from East Palestine, which we talked about a little bit last week with the train stuff. Uh, and then, you know, nothing but World War Three and Civil War Two. So, get, you know, the, uh, the news cycle decided to go full Hollywood blockbuster and just do nothing but sequels. So... <laughs> I mean, I'm straight up watching it, Tennessee versus Texas A&M college basketball. It's only the second college college basketball game I watched all season. That's how slow it is for me. It's too too many. Yeah, it's awful. You know what? And this is so February is just a naturally boring fucking month. It's it uh, there is a huge winter storm hitting like 20 states right now. Um, like record low temperatures. Even though like Tennessee, it's freezing in Tennessee right now. It's freezing in Georgia right now. Uh, Minnesota is just getting absolutely wrecked. Um, so I'm telling you, if you're going to start, and by the way, so I've 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 hit all the all the different forms of uh, media's that I can announce that I'm doing this diet, Derek, and I'm about to take it to the podcast. I'm telling you, if you're ready to start an exercise program, mid to late February is the time. And, and I'm here to announce, as I've announced to everybody, including Toll Booth. Are, are, are you exercising? Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's it's breaking news for everyone around me. I, I only And tell, talking about exercise? And talking about the weather? Are you becoming your dad? Exactly. I, I, I literally <laughs> only... I, I tell every single person I, I, I come across, but I'm doing the douchiest workout program on earth right now. It's called the Hard 75. You've probably heard about it. And if you listen to the guys... Uh, uh, podcast that that invented the hard 75 um you're probably also a douche uh so you're probably not <laughs> listening to this but yes i'm doing the hard 75 but i'm telling you this is the time like if you're gonna do a workout program now is the time like during this it, it's cold as fuck it's boring there's nothing going on mid to late february not january i think january is the bad month that that that's why so many people fail it should be february yeah, you still have playoff football in January, but I mean, I will say is as much as this is the dead time, and I, it's one of the factors I think that it might succeed. Fucking XFL was awesome last weekend. Amazing, dude. The XFL was was honestly like it it blew my 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 wildest expectations out of the water. Now is is that because of the new ownership? I know they took off a year. They've got new ownership in there. I mean, hell, they the XFL is now on the ESPN app. You actually had to get a different app to yeah. like follow the XFL before this year. So like clearly, like they've upgraded on their media spend, and and obviously the product has improved. Honestly, I did not watch one minute of the XFL, but I have been reading some stuff that it it is gaining attention. So what do you mean? It, it doesn't really make sense to why it was so good because I don't think the ownership was a problem. Uh, the cities, I don't think that matters at all. The caliber of player is pretty much exactly the same. And there's a few different names than we saw last time, but the overall quality of the league from, from a talent standpoint, it's the same thing. Uh, and they only gave him five weeks to prepare. Like everything on paper says this should be worse than any other iteration of this. And it was fucking so good. Yes. 
I, and I think you're right. I don't think there's really any rhyme or reason to it. I actually think they got lucky. Um, three out of the four games were really, really good last week. Um, but shout out to whoever enacted this incredible rule. It's, 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 it's such a great rule. Uh, in, the, in the fourth quarter in the XFL, we talked about it last week. If you score a touchdown, you can then get the ball on your own 25 and have fourth and 15 and have one shot to convert and and basically you 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 retain possession that was huge in in three of the four games including one game where where a team was down by what it was like 17 18 points with a minute yeah. 24 to go and they won yep so it's, yeah it's exciting. the nfl was offered that in a, in a competition committee and passed on that rule um now that they've seen it in action i hope they kind of you know strongly reconsider percentage wise it's it's a about the same percentage as an onside kick, but so much better of a play. Way yeah, more entertaining. More interesting. And you know what's kind of crazy about it, though? It, it, it just makes it more important to have a great quarterback. If the if the NFL ever enacts it, like, it's going, it's going to just, like, teams like that have Mahomes, teams that have Josh Allen, like, teams that have that guy, like, it, it's still a, a really uncertain play, but way more common for those guys to convert that. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, especially in the NFL, like that's where you have all your money tied up. Do you want to have one of the most important plays of the game dependent on your $45 million a year quarterback or your $1 million a year kicker? Right. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, I'm dude. They, they pretty much almost taken kickers out of the game with this. Uh, you can go for one, you can go for two, or you can go for three after a touchdown, like kickers are pretty much there just for kickoffs and field goals and like PATs are done. Um, as, as it should be. Yeah. Kickers, kickers are just there as another body. Remove them from the game as much as you can because they, they really are just like a chance. And, and of course, every play is a chance element, but nobody enjoys watching a kicking play. I've never saw a kicking play like, wow, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> no, soccer players do. And I mean, then, I, I, and that's I will say, speaking about kicking plays, I like their kickoff better. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, the, the, the five yards apart, you wait till the ball is caught. Um, I think, one, it's, it's safer, which mm-hmm. is always good. And two, like, I think it sets up the opportunity for more returns. I mean, I, honestly, you bust like, one we, seam, you break one tackle and you're scoring. Do we really want the XFL to be, like, safer? Like, I'm thinking, like, celebrity death match. Like, I want to see. It's interesting because, crazy. like, they made those kind of plays safer. But then I also, on, a, on like, a, a, a four, I think it was, like, a fourth and 12, guy ran a crossing route and got blown up and it would have been a defenseless receiver in the NFL for sure but it was a huge hit hit him like right like right below the shoulder top of the rib cage it was just a massive hit like as he was trying to catch the ball they would have definitely thrown a defenseless receiver but it was just, I mean it was a safe play I mean the original XFL like you were saying Trevor it it's like the whole fight. the whole thing the whole thing about the original XFL and I'm talking about like early 2000s XFL was that it wasn't safe. <laughs> I remember it very well. And I, and I loved those days with like straight up when you had two players on both sides of the field run straight at each other, full speed. The very first time they did that, I believe one guy had a concussion. The other guy had a broken collarbone. The guy with the broken collarbone out, out for the season. I don't think he ever played another down of football ever in his career. Like it was, I mean, it was entertainment. Yeah. Uh, but it, I mean, you can't do that. Uh, because no. if they want to be a sustainable league, you just you just can't do that. So yeah, you can't recycle players when you're already 
scraping the bottom of the barrel. Agreed, but I do like your old point about um, the, the rules and how they're bringing in new rules and how this can actually impact like the NFL. Like this is a great prove it like ground for it because these are truly professionals. It's not like college football, like which where which is where a lot of the rules are tested before it gets to the NFL. This is now another medium for them to use for it, which I think is great. Uh, I mean, if they can continue to use that and have success with it, like... I just brings I think it brings more imagine the imagine it was like a farm league and not only do they have you know rules and, and kind of a testing ground but it was also some kind of an affiliate league where <clears throat> there's eight teams say every division populates the the roster of a team and it's guys who are maybe like you, know, you do an extended practice squad and these guys play in that league or something like that yeah like a G league type situation exactly and then have every team be a division and and you know I, I think that'd be pretty cool yeah I'm 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 really excited about it. Um, I mean, there's already multiple quarterbacks that are probably going to end up being backups in the NFL. Uh, this guy Perez, who emerges every year um, on some sort of secondary league, um, he's really, really good. Like he threw two interceptions, but he like if, if you watch that guy play, like he's definitely better than Josh Johnson. He's definitely better than you know. I, I know I'm not setting a high bar here, but these are some guys that actually started games last year. Nathan Peterman. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for the NFL or f- for the XFL. I really want to see where it's going and I'm going to keep watching it because it's fun that especially just tune in for the second half. If anything, like the second half is going to be electric with these new rules. And I think they it's did us a favor too. Might, might've went under the radar, but, uh, we may never have to see Paxton Lynch in a football uniform again. <laughs> he is awful. Holy it's, and it's so funny how we're talking about how good the XFL is and the team that's closest to all of us is by far the worst team. Every team was competitive last weekend, except for Orlando who just got their fucking, the pants knocked off them. Yeah. By like 21 points. I mean, and they took away Tampa's team. Like, they literally lost, like, multiple season ticket holders. I mean, we could have been sponsors. Yeah, they, they lost at least, like, 12 season ticket holders, for sure. At least. <laughs> I mean, we were front row. We were paying top dollar, like 12 yeah. bucks a game. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. They, they lost dozens of dollars with us. Um, <laughs> some, some other news, uh, going back to the NFL, um, Card of the Jets is heating up, and this is kind of a cringy match made in heaven. Um and and it, it's it's not even really just that you know should Carr go to the Jets? It's this whole meeting. Which what the fuck are the Jets? The Jets are so desperate. So he they reportedly said to, to Derek Carr, "We believe if you come to New York and win, you could be a first ballot Hall of Famer." So they're just like stroking him, stroking his ego, and just um, what are the Jets doing? Like I know I know they're desperate, and I know they have a team that's close, but like. This whole thing, like clearly courting Aaron Rodgers by going out and getting Hackett at, at offensive coordinator, like the Jets are like really weirdly desperate this offseason. And, and do, you, do you, all right, so card of the Jets, like is anybody even a fan of that? Is that no. that much of an upgrade? Like, I mean, it's it's a huge upgrade just because Zach Wilson's so bad. Right. But I like still like that isn't, it's not sexy. Like that doesn't do anything for me. I don't. I, I don't think that pushes them over the edge in the AFC. Like, I, I just, are they close to the playoff team? Yeah, they're super close. Are they close to competing in Super Bowls? Not even fucking close. Like, so far away. I mean, they need to look at their long-term future. They've got some really good young players on that team. And they, they can draft, clearly. I mean, with like, you know, with Sauce Gardner and, and, and everyone they have on their team, you know, I'm thinking if you can get like a discount for Jimmy G, which they won't be able to, I'd say they go that route and... 
I, I don't know what Carr is doing. I don't know where Carr is going, but I I know whatever team he's going to be on. I've I have a feeling they're not. Gonna I, be I actually good agree at all. with you that I like Jimmy G better for the Jets. Um, I think that Jimmy G he's he's already been in a huge media market. Um, you know, I mean, Car Car was in pretty much the same market in Oakland, but um, I I just think Car's really sensitive. Like you can see the way the Jets are, are courting him, like being like, you could be a first ballot Hall of Famer. First of all, I'd almost be embarrassed if I was Car. Like you have to even be self aware enough to be like, no, no, I can't. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have like, to win like at least like two Super Bowls and an MVP to like round out his career. It just shows how sensitive he is, though, that they're approaching yeah. it like this. Um, and I think Jimmy G is kind of egoless, really. Like, if you look at Jimmy G, like the way he carries himself, the way he handled the Trey Lance thing, he's he really is like he might be the perfect fit for the New York media market. Like, I, I really like Jimmy G. Things kind of roll off him, and and he he's a guy that you know he you can plug him into a good team, and he can be good immediately. Well, I, think, I, I think he's Vegas's top target. It, uh, yeah. Josh McDaniels reunion. Oh, it, it makes sense. Makes sense. It, it makes sense. And and in a and in a dome and a better climate. I mean, he doesn't necessarily have the best. That dude life. is gonna fucking kill it in Vegas. Oh, slay! Absolutely slay. <laughs> but but no, Drew. To your point, the guy he Jimmy G is like. I don't think anything can like affect him. I mean, just the way that they made his contract, the way they drug him through the dirt. I mean, the he dude was literally stars like, like practices without a playbook, <laughs> like just not doing anything. And then one of the most viral memes from. Uh, the uh, championship game where they lost, Niners were getting destroyed. Everyone's hanging their head, just all sad. And there's Jimmy G, just like with this big smile on his face on the sideline, just like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm good. Like, no, this is what you guys get. No problem. You know, I'm, I'll be fine next year. But so, like, yeah, when, that's when, just him. When you're that good looking, like, what could possibly get to you? Oh, my God. <laughs> He's gonna have so many. I mean, he's he's playing with house money already. Yeah, he's already made enough money. You pair that much? How much money he's already made? to get him through the rest of his life, plus just what he physically looks like and yep. what he sees in the mirror every day. Like, it's house money at this point. Yep. I mean, the amount of porn stars that he's been with. You imagine him in Vegas, man. He can't oh my fit on, on our hands, all of our hands. Been, like, it would have been It would have been just, oh, Jesus. That guy would have just literally been drowning in it. Drowning in it. The um, new owner of the White Rhino Strip Club is Jimmy G. Kind of sticking with the, the, the football angle, I want to get you guys' thoughts on this because I just read an article about the new Madden and... This, I'm just going to tell you right up front, I don't buy it. But Madden is calling Madden 24 their make or break. So if you you haven't been following, Madden has been fucking up even more than normal recently. Or I should say EA Sports has been fucking up even more normal. They apparently did an upload recently that deleted like half of the franchise modes or, or like some huge percentage. So like these franchise modes... Derek, you know, you know, man, they take a long time. Like some people go yeah. in and they'll draft yeah. and they'll play like full seasons. So like 17 game seasons, like play every game. And this, that- this time of the cycle, there's probably people in like year 25 yep. of their franchise. There's not a single player in the NFL, you know, yep. it's all a bunch of like random generated names with Asian faces and <laughs> they're just like balls deep in this thing. Mm-hmm. So they got this guy that they've been bringing along and he just he's just getting to that point, and they log, go to log in one morning, and it's fucking gone. Like for me, that would have just been the end. I, I would have just stopped. I I stopped playing that game back in fourteen when when it just the franchise mode just clearly just started to take a dive. But it, it sounds like they're headed for a revamp, and and they're actually making commitments that all the people that were affected by this franchise mode glitch are going to get half off. But like, do do you guys 
Does does anyone buy this? Is EA Sports actually going to put it in, in an effort, or are they just going to continue to cash in one of the most profitable game franchises year I, after year? I hope they do. They're in a weird spot, and then a lot of game developers are in a weird spot right now because of the the access and, and kind of availability of what is now the current gen. So like the the Xbox X and S, and then the uh, PlayStation Five. People like can just now get them pretty regularly two years after their launch. So they were in this weird time where they were developing games that could run on both generation of systems. So they were like really throttling down what they could do with the with new technology because they had to make so many games that could be played on PlayStation Four and, and you know Xbox One old old materials. Um, <clears throat> I, I like to see them just cut the cord and say, "Hey, sorry, old generation. Like you know this shit's been out by almost three years. By the time they release that game, you know we got to take advantage of this new hardware." But their game is just, they try so hard to be a simulation game that they've added in so many, um, so many like, like almost like scripted animated motions to where like running backs need to fall in a certain way. So it looks like they're actually got tackled to the point where like it's not even like playable and you don't have a hundred percent control of your, of your player. Like right. you're like, I can't do anything right now because my player has to go through this motion to make it look like football. Gotcha. Um, instead of just letting you play arcade, so it's gotten yeah. almost clunky in commitment for this. For the it's simulation. so clunky and heavy for the sake of it looking cinematic. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's awful. I haven't played Madden in years, um, and I and I won't pick this one back up uh, just from what I've seen uh, with the product out there. But I, I, as far as the seasons go, I really do think they need need to adapt. They call it like a season mode with with a lot of these other games is instead of allowing people to go 20, 30 seasons of playing over and over and over and have people with Asian faces, as you mentioned, with, you know, no names that you recognize is cut it off. Say like, all right, your seasons last 10, you know, 10 seasons from the X, you know, from this date to X oh, date. That's an like, awful proposal. It. That's the worst idea. That's an awful. Oh, but that's, that's what awful. every other game no, does. Give people autonomy and control. Nope. Stop. Oh, that's yeah. terrible. Mm. That's if, anything, if anything, they should make it longer. That's 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 awful. I'm sorry. I will. I will say, I, as much as I, I, I shit on Madden, and the two games always play differently, even though they're on the same engine. I'm still so excited for NCAA football, man. <laughs> I'm 100 percent going to buy that. Let's let, let's let's talk about NCAA in a second. But can we just pause? And I want to break down what Trevor just proposed. So <laughs> so so Trevor is now the CEO of EA. His his response to a bunch of franchise mode just lifers. When they when they lose their franchise mode is hey guys we're <laughs> we're bringing it back and we're cutting it down to ten years because honestly you hey you were in your twentieth year sorry bud it should have been cut off ten years ago <laughs> you want to draft a player and, and play with him until he gets to a hall, the end of his hall of fame yeah. career no yeah, and, that kind of sucks and then <laughs> and then the very strategy. end of it at the very end a pop up comes up and says we're bringing back blitz you get it at 25% off and then that is my that is my pitch we are bringing back blitz that's the only time that I'll come back and play and that's where I'm investing all my money I think blitz blitz. was Kon- they, Konami I think they they so. did bring back blitz and it wasn't good I mean oh. it, 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 blitz was great for the N64 cuz you had the one joystick um and yeah, it, it it was it was an awesome game but it just doesn't stack up for for today's game for today's like systems, um, yeah, it's, it's more retro. Yeah. It is no, it is it's like an arcade game. But Blitz is an arcade game. But NCAA, yep. huge. Um, and and how are they going about? Are they paying players for the likeness? Like like Madden? Like how are they doing I think, this? I think they are. Yeah. So I think they will. Um, I don't know. There obviously there isn't a players union, so it doesn't work that way. 
Uh, but my interpretation is that was the barrier to them being able to do this. So then obviously somehow the players are being compensated for their likeness. And they're going to use their names. Yep. From what I understand, they're going to be using names. That's so they amazing. might, I mean, you know, like when I played, I mean, you know, I was in NCAA 2008. They probably would have cut me like $1.73. Like, because <laughs> that's probably what my likeness was worth. Like, hey, buy, buy a Whopper. Dude, bring back, bring back all the old features. Bring back the magazine that used to pop up on yeah. the home screen. That was so fucking awesome. I just want the triple option, man. Give me that triple option. I just want to like just the, the the look and feel of the game. To get the fight songs going. Like it's just it's just so much fun. Imagine if you bring out like the high school recruiting piece of it and bringing in actual like high schoolers because NIL also impacts high schoolers as well. That's so you good, can actually yeah. see them transition. I think that'd be interesting. Nah, I don't need to know about a bunch of minors and what they're up I, to. I well, I follow I follow like recruiting wise. I think that'd I'm be sure. interesting. Also, yeah, imagine like you know like a seventeen year old like getting like recruited through the NCAA and like making it to you know Alabama and winning a national championship. He's still seventeen. And then he never makes it in college football. Like all of his hopes and dreams were all, <laughs> so, all destroyed. So, he got such a big head because he was in a big video game and earned twenty five dollars so, on an IL. Trevor's the CEO of EA. You're uh, <laughs> you're starting your your franchise and you're starting off at you know the small school or whatever. You're the coach and you're working your way up. You know you get to that mid major. You 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 really competitive. You maybe you sneak into one college playoff and then you get up to the big house. Man, you're 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 up in the the big leagues. You're coaching at UCLA or. or USC or Florida State, Oklahoma, and then you get a pop up says, "Sorry, your ten years are up." <laughs> I just love that that Game was the solution. I love that that was the solution for the Madden glitch. <laughs> or, or hear me out. Or hear me out. If you don't want this to stop, pay us an additional sixty nine ninety nine, and you can shut for the 10 fuck years. up. Boom. You're the worst. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Michael Thomas is going to be cut by the Saints. Um, it, speaking of cringe players like Derek Carr, um, I just gotta, I just gotta ask you guys. So he's probably going to be pay, playing for a prove it deal. Like this is the year to sign Michael Thomas, is it not? Like straight up, like th- this is the year. He no longer has his guaranteed contract. Like is it, no one's going to pony up and offer this guy a huge contract. Like this is the year that some evil empire, like. Some 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 team that already has it all is going to acquire Michael Thomas and it's going to put him over the edge and and it's probably going to be like the Chiefs or something like that. I could see that. I could see Bill Belichick being super interested in him for sure. Um, he loves taking in you know over the hill veteran guys who just can kind of plug and play and know the league, right? Um, or I mean, he might look really good in Orlando. You know, bring him in, <laughs> you know, for the Guardians. <laughs> That might be is is isn't Josh Gordon playing in the XFL? Yeah, he caught a touchdown. Yeah, yeah. He, got, he caught a touchdown from Ben DiNucci on a DiNucci. Uh, little Patty Mahomes flip. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah, I was about to say because uh, Belichick picked up um, Gordon back when he was a little bit older, right? Yeah, sure did. And, yeah, and made his way to the XFL until yeah until he failed a couple drug tests. Is he playing? Is, is he playing Seattle? This is the path. Is he playing Seattle? Uh, that sounds right. Yeah, I think he does. Yep. I think, I think they're, or, they're, they're orange and white. I know that. Right. I think that's Seattle. Huh. Hey, Josh Gordon's only two years older than Michael Thomas. So, I mean, clearly Michael Thomas has about one to two more years in the NFL. Then it's straight for the XFL, baby. We're, 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 we're getting slant boy. Probably with. Uh, I mean, you just got to worry about a guy like that. Like, you know, ankle injury that he had. I, I don't think he had too many steps to lose. I don't, I don't know how much he could afford. I do wonder about his ability to separate. Uh, especially for a guy who already, you know, obviously he has a slant boy name for a reason. Like he doesn't run the full route tree to begin with. 
So yeah, I, I just I'm, I'm curious to know how much is left there. I'm, I'm really he he kind of screams a guy like some team brings him in for training camp. He gets cut, and then just we just forget he existed. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I think I think he's going to be a worthwhile gamble this year for sure. Um, but we'll, we'll see. He could just be a guy that just can't stay on the field because he's made a made a glass and he's already been nope. paid. So some guys. The real question is, where is he going to go in fantasy? Because I mean, if people are taking a gamble on him in the NFL, like is he is he a sixth seventh rounder? Are he, people going to reach for him? Every there? year, there's a guy that I suddenly believe in, and then there's someone in my fantasy team fantasy league that heroically believes in them more and saves me from myself. And Michael Thomas was one of these guys. I was I was super into Michael Thomas. I had a certain round that I wanted him in both of our leagues. Someone dra- someone drafted him the same round, at, like the same round that I wanted him and everything. And got it. I love that when you have a bad take and you're fully committed and you're just about to draft a guy and then someone takes him. He just turns out to be a disaster. That's like the sweetest fantasy win. Don't you wish somebody saved you from Trey Lance? <laughs> Twice. Not only that, but you had, you had the right take. You had that guy dead to rights and you took him anyways. Yeah. It's, uh, listen, I did win I did win 50% of my leagues. Um, and if Trey Lance would have stayed healthy, like he would have been a producer. I oh, just, yeah. I, sure. I got I got him so late. Like, uh, I know. I hate myself forever for the Trey Lance thing because it wasn't even a plan of mine going into either of the traps. <laughs> Fucking embarrassing. You talked yourself into loving him uh, by the end of the draft. I did. There's a question mark at the beginning, but at the end I of mean, it, you he was your next. If, if he's on both rosters, you got to find a way to make it work. You got <laughs> to find a way to love each other. Yeah, who knows? He he might be still the quarterback from 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 what I'm reading for this for San Francisco next year. So I I could definitely fall for him again. Who knows? In, in entertainment, let's switch it over a little bit. Get away from sports. Um, I just I just read about this. I didn't even know this, but the Ant Man movie is getting trashed by critics. Um, Derek, have you seen it? I have. Yeah. Do you like it? I do. It's good. Uh, it's a good. It's a good starting point for this. You know, phase five. Um, I have. A, I've been talking to some other friends about this, and I kind of have a working theory. I think some of these critics, they if you look at like through and what they actually say some people are giving it like oh it was, it was a decent movie two out of five or or there's the people who are like just they were never gonna like a marvel movie maybe they're big you know avatar stands and they're trying to you know win the cg battle in that regard or they're just you know against it in general uh, i think some people think it's kind of edgy and cool at this point to like not like marvel uh so there's plenty of those people mixed in there as well i, I for me you know out of 100 i'd probably say like 71 72 like in that range it's it's not perfect it's not good but it's entertaining um i will say we, we're uh, we're seeing the cracks of like this whole industry as far as there aren't enough uh cgi artists and to to run all these projects right now one the prevalence of CV, cgi in tv and film uh and there just aren't enough artists there aren't enough people qualified to do this and you're starting to see some of like the cgi you're like oh that's like 2012 yeah, CGI. You, you know what? You know what everyone's comparing it to the Spy Kids movies, and and, and it's, it's some, not terribly far off in some spots. Someone oh, made yeah. a meme. Of, someone made a meme actually like two years ago, and it basically it was a, a Spy Kids uh, screenshot, and it said, "This is every Marvel movie nowadays," and it really is true. Like, since I, I will say, since Endgame, some of their TV shows have had better CGI than their movies, um, and I, I I think it's just a matter of just there aren't enough artists. And I listened to a podcast uh, that was recapping. It's the HBO official podcast for The, uh, the Last of Us. 
And they were saying like right now there's kind of an upper hand balance in, in CGI industry where like the artists are really getting to pick their projects and you want to be part of a machine and, and not, there's no creative expression in Marvel. Like you're told like it's paint by numbers, do this, do this, do this, do this. Or do you want to work with something you're a little more passionate about? Um, so. Yeah. And it's not like the budgets have changed. I mean, they still get high budgets for these films. Like oh, yeah. there's yeah, plenty yeah, I just of need a timeline, man. They're putting out like two or three Marvel movies a year. Like they're working so fast on these projects, and some of these shots, like they take a month. Yeah, I hear they're they're slowing it down though. Like Kevin Feige had mentioned, like, hey, like we we had a really, <laughs> really fast stretch yeah, there yeah, when yeah. they had their shows being pumped out, and they're like, we need to kind of return back to more of a. a and COVID a, a screwed up a lot of shit as far as the timing of their movies and everything. So I, I mean, I get I get it, and I couldn't pass there. I just think if you look at the last couple of Marvel movies, um, the critics have been kind of waiting to shit on a movie. And they were not going to do it with the Eternals because of who the director was. And it's kind of an up and comer in, in Hollywood. They weren't going to do it on Black Panther with everything with Chadwick Boseman. Like they weren't going to do it there. I think they finally found a movie that was like safe to shit on. And they, they kind of just well, let no, it all go. They, they did shit on the Eternals. It's the only other Marvel film that had a rotten score. Um, yeah, it, but it could have been worse. That, that movie was... A, and it's, I don't know. The it's fans still love The fans know. still love it. I mean, it's funny if when you compare the Ant-Man Quantumanium to the Eternals, like they, the ratings are the same. Critics didn't like either of them, but the fans love them, um, yeah. according to Rotten Tomatoes. So it's funny how they compare. I, I hate, I honestly hate how they're comparing those two films because I was not a big fan of the Eternals. Um, but I, I'm waiting to see Ant-Man. And I, I have a lot of high hopes because of the, uh, the big baddie. In, uh, in, and we, in I mean, film. we can't forget, like there's a lot of credentialed, movie reviewers, movie critics who are fucking douchebags. So, <laughs> yeah, but 100%. I do got to say 2022 was a terrible year for comic book movies as a whole. Um, I, I, I was a huge critic. I did not like Doctor Strange multi, um, multi multiverse of madness. I just thought it was just disappointing. And I, I was I was epically looking forward to that was was hugely let down by Thor God of Thunder entertaining movie, but just Totally did not live up live up to the um, and we talked about that last week. I do gotta say, watched the second Black Panther on a, on a flight the other day. At least the first hour and a half, I, I can't wait to finish it. Loved what I saw. So I, I I think I think I think they finished finished the year pretty good, but it was a pretty bad year. And of course, Morbius, but that's not even really officially Marvel. Can't really count yeah. that. No, their their TV was way better last year. Um, I thought Moon Knight was great. I thought. Mm -hmm. Um, Werewolf by Night. I don't know if, it, if you guys have seen Werewolf by Night, but it's so good. It's downloaded on my easy, Disney Plus. It's an easy watch. It's like 45 minutes. It's like a short movie, yeah. short film, uh, like a noir style short film. And it's so good. No, no, spe speaking speaking of interesting, you know, films and and kind of getting more into the dark things of things. Um, I don't know if you know about this, but there is a, a production company, Blumhouse. Uh, they are best known for the movie. <laughs> a small studio. Out. Yeah, are you, are you like are you trolling me right now? <laughs> okay, totally, totally. And, and, and <laughs> um, but no, but it, it, basically, they're they're in the film industry making really good movies. They're now getting into video games and horror video games. So, kind of you know, talking about that. I mean, do either of you guys you know play First like all, dark video games? They're not playing. They're not, they don't make a lot of very good movies. I've talked about before about the Blumhouse formula. You make six or seven shitty low budget movies because horror will always double up on on profit. Uh, and then you make one banger. Like they've made, they made get out. Get out. They made the banger, get out. They made the Invisible Man. They made um, Insidious. Uh, was the her, kids, or sorry, is it him or man or Megan? what's the? Is it man? I think it's man um, or men or something like that. They've made some good ones. Megan's really good. 
Megan um, Solid. And then you get like, you know, their Fantasy Island adaptation, which is just like the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. Okay, we, not every, not they're not gonna, you know, just jam out bangers there. But I mean, Get Out was one of them. That's and they also did one. Old, the M Night Shyamalan, the Beach Makes You Old. Gosh, you movie. were just highlighting all the worst <laughs> things they've done out here. Like it's awful. I'm telling it's, you, it's, I'm, they they they're batting like 300, which isn't bad if you're playing baseball. But for a production studio, like Blumhouse has a, has a thing. Like, and you can usually tell by the trailers when they're like, "Hey, we're we're phoning this one in." So. Okay. Well, I'm just excited about how they're going to video games. Yeah, video games are cool. I like some. I used to play the old Silent Hill and get creeped mm-hmm. the fuck out and, and, you know, had to make sure I played with the lights on. Um, I mean, The Last of Us, as far as a video game, like there's a lot of jump scares in that. Yeah. I mean, have you put a Dead Space? It's, a, it's another one that was just recently redone. Oh, That's I a- see what this is. This is just a way for you to talk about Dead Space. Yeah, it, I mean, it's definitely. If, if, That's, if, yeah. if, if you didn't okay. see his right I won't, up, go, I won't go too far into it. Anyways, right <laughs> something, something to keep, keep an eye on is some horror movies and some horror video games coming out by Blumhouse. <laughs> My play. Dead Space is the, is the anime of this episode. Got it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Shut it down. Get, down. get the dead space. Um, all right. So uh, we're going to get into our main topic here for a second, but I do just want to call out one more thing. Um, the, uh, Salt Lake City took some massive L's this last week. They hosted the NBA All-Star Weekend, and everybody came together to agree that Salt Lake City is just utter fucking trash. Um, it, it got ripped so relentlessly. Uh, some of the funniest fucking quotes. Uh, the NBA, the, the NBA for all of its foibles, for all of its uh, inequities, um, it's got some really entertaining commentators. And Shaq said, I've never ate so much. I've never ate so much uh, room service. Because he just basically <laughs> just said he sat in his room and did nothing. There's nothing else to do. But this quote from Charles Barkley is, and to say this is one of best Charles Barkley's best quotes is incredible because the guy's so fucking funny. But he said, these people go into heaven. Ain't, no, ain't nothing to do in this boring ass city. It's a great city, but ain't nothing to do here. Can't smoke, can't drink. These people go into heaven. <laughs> Awesome. I no, saw. Have you, uh, have you met Mormons? There's no fucking way they're going to heaven. I'm sorry. Uh, I just saw another Mormon <laughs> L. I saw that the uh, SEC charged the Church of Latter Day Saints because they had like 28 billion dollars in assets. Yeah, 13, I saw that too. There was 13 shell companies that holding 23 yep. billion in assets. Oh wow, a, a religion's corrupt. That's that, that <laughs> right. That's wild. No, I, I saw that and I actually read through it and I'm just like, why am I even reading this? This is everything I already knew. But it's, right. it it really is like, yeah. Shower thoughts. Uh, Trevor, you want to start us off? Yeah, so uh, this comes to me with uh, my biggest thing is uh, I'm going snowboarding again for the second time this year, and uh, my body is telling me it's probably something I shouldn't do. So I was thinking, when is when is it time to stop doing extreme sports? Like, I'm, I'm 35, <laughs> um, and I feel like I'm 45. So when did you, did you just stop doing? Did you just describe skiing as an extreme sport? <laughs> have you have you ever gone skiing? No, but morning? but I mean everything I've ever seen of it is like six year old investment bankers do it. So yeah, I mean they're going down the, like the blue runs. You know they're just doing like their little hips and turns. They're wearing like their oh, nice, you know, so you gears. struggle with moderation. Okay, I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> the one that gets off the lift and then like literally everyone's going down this like you know this cleared out path. It's nice and groomed. I go straight to the trees where it's just like a straight free fall. Yeah, like so when should no you grow path. up and realize you have children? It's um, probably when you. <laughs> well, no, but if you have a really good life insurance policy, there's some good assurances there. That you're worth you more debt. 
Great. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's when the wife's like, you should definitely try that double black diamond I saw. I'm pretty sure they cleared it out for avalanche control, but don't worry about it. Just go for it. Do it. No, but like seriously, when when do you, when do you stop? Like when you do when you get your first knee replacement, second knee replacement. I, mean, I I like I think that all every time I see like Tony Hawk still skateboarding, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like yeah. you're you're He's you're ri- like you don't need more money. Like it can't be that fun. Uh, I'm sure your body is like just beat to shit. Like what are you doing? He did a he did a 900 in in the half pipe a 900 uh, rotation at 50 years old, which is a, he was the first one to ever pull that off. To see him still do that is insane. But like, and then LeBron James, what is he like, 38? Still like, you know, top of the game, still playing, you know, crazy sports. So I guess your body can take it. Maybe not for your regular folk like us. But I mean, do any of you guys do extreme sports? Like, am I the only one that does out there, does crazy stuff? I guess I just don't consider skiing extreme sports. But yes, I I do ski. Um, But like extreme sports, I I don't know. But skiing, snowboarding, it it is dangerous. But people do it until their their late ages. So I, I don't think there's... Any age to stop doing you, that. When you say extreme extreme sports, I thought you were going to talk about like you're doing like Fallout, fucking <laughs> BMX vert pipe or something like like doing something like Evil Knievel jumping over shit. Like I didn't think you were going to be like, so uh, me and a bunch of white people were going down this hill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess it meant more backcountry type skiing or hella skiing, maybe that sort of stuff. Maybe not. Yeah, your uh, your investment banker, uh, you know, trip to Aspen. <laughs> Well, if, I, if I've ever heard any professional athletes in the NFL say, once that doubt starts creeping in, you're already done. So maybe you should listen to your body. Right? Yeah, there's been a lot of doubt. <laughs> need to up that uh, need to up that insurance policy. <laughs> All right, Derek. Oh boy. Yeah. So I was thinking this week, and and I found myself. Uh, I like my shower thoughts that actually originate in the shower. So here <laughs> I was in the shower, uh, watching YouTube as I do, and. You know, I'm just looking at whatever whatever comes my way, whatever I think about. And I kind of have this thought, are there certain movie scenes that you guys will like rewatch over and over again where you don't watch the whole movie? You'll just watch like a particular scene. Um, I see a lot of it like on my, my Facebook and YouTube has turned like anytime like the reels or, or shorts thing. Uh, my out, The algorithms got me narrowed in on a lot of like movie clips and stuff. But I was thinking like a handful and, and I was curious to see if you guys had any. I always watch like uh, Scott Pilgrim, the Ketty and Aggie twins uh, duel. When it's the the two techno twins versus them, which is always a good one, uh, the the scene with uh, in Inglorious Bastards when it's him and uh, and uh, the little man with with Hans Landa, and he's like, "Oh, you can't control your enemies. Call you like you're not. You go. They call you the little man, but I want to see your like freak show small. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're you're small, yes, but not freak show. Like those are two of the ones where like anytime I come across those, I'm like, I'll, I'll stop and watch. And like the Caddy Nagy one. It's probably anytime I hit YouTube search button, it's probably somewhere in the top like fifteen. Yeah, not not necessarily. Um, like, what you, you just like YouTube them? You, YouTube? Yeah, the I'll YouTube them, or like I'll go on the Disney Plus app and I'll put an Endgame and I'll fast forward to the start of when like Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man start fighting Thanos, and I'll watch it through the snap, but I won't watch the whole movie. I think I think I think one of the best guys. I I don't necessarily specifically seek that out, but every time I come across it, because you know on like Facebook and YouTube, they'll they'll oftentimes a, yep. a clip will pop up. I think maybe the best, and you mentioned one of his movies. Probably the best director for that is Quentin Tarantino. For like for whatever reason, he 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 was so good at 
uh, writing and, and designing like these iconic scenes that you can just watch over and over and over again. Pulp Fiction, like you, you segment that movie into scene after scene after scene after scene. Every single like every single scene is so fucking good. When when he's driving and he's talking to the guy in the back seat and he's holding the gun and they, they hit a bump and he shoots his head off and then they end up yep. going to, to to get it clean get the car cleaned out. Um, that fucking movie is just so good. But yeah, Quentin Tarantino, I you give me any clip from any of his movies from Reservoir Dogs all the way through his most recent, and he's he's just incredible. I see the like in the same like the, you know you'd be scrolling the Facebook reels or whatever. I'll, I'll see the uh, Pulp Fiction diner scene a lot. Mm. Like that one pops up a lot. And, you know when he's like whatever, the honey bun or whatever, and tell you know like tell him to calm down. It's so good, man. <laughs> you, you guys are referencing a lot of like well-known movies, critically acclaimed stuff. I'm taking this in a whole different direction. So um, I, I'm a huge action, obviously anime type person. So one of my favorite anime scenes is is Goku and the Tournament of Power. He He's going full-fledged <laughs> when the first time he turns Ultra Instinct, which is one of his craziest forms. And he does this Kamehameha blast to the face of this other Tournament of Power. Her name's Kefla. And just like straight up blows her away. It's one of the coolest like anime fight scenes out there. Well known in, in a certain realm of people, but absolutely amazing. And I will watch that uh, three minute like fight scene end clip uh, days on end. It, it just brings a smile on my face. But another one, different twist, critically acclaimed movie, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I've been watching the scene for a very, very long time. Uh, but Phoebe Cates is absolutely one that I will watch over times. and over. Either that one or the one that we made um, uh, with uh, Trevor Lawrence's face over top of it. I'll watch that one too. You know, when I'm doing it. <laughs> uh, my, my, my shower thought is um, I went down a rabbit hole. You'll appreciate this, Trevor, a couple days ago. I was just about to go to sleep. I was planning on going to sleep super early. I think I even went to bed, like got in bed at like 7.40 p.m. I'm surf, surfing through Netflix, something stupid to watch as I go to sleep. What do I turn on? Brand new series on National Geographic called UFOs. Oh, yeah. Guys, the oh, show is yeah. fucking awesome, and it's 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 National Geographic, so it's not like a shitty like History Channel or, or anything like that show. Like this is literally the guy, uh, the main guy that they interview is the guy that the Pentagon actually bankrolled to start the investigation. Like pretty much like the X Files is what, what what this guy's job was was to basically investigate uh, these pilot. Um, sightings and all this and so they interview all these pilots that basically saw these UFOs and the craziest one is because two different pilots saw it one pilot goes out they were doing training exercises over the ocean um, they look on the radar and they find an object and it's coming it's coming right towards him and it intercepts and it does like a basically like a, a maneuver that planes will actually do where two flying objects go into one but this this ufo flies to uh, to the, to this guy this this pilot like not not some crazy person like a pilot in the in the US air force and he sees it with his own eyes out the window a what he describes as a cylinder with no windows um like basically like almost like a tic tac a flying tic tac but that could fly at speeds that that no craft can fly and could turn on 90 degree angles and so he sees this thing. They, they actually catch it on radar. So they have radar proof that this exists. And he goes back to the ship, lands on the ship, and he tells one of his friends who's a pilot that he's like, I, he's like, I'm kind of disturbed right now. Like, I don't know what I just saw. He describes it. And they send another pilot out. And this is the pilot. He actually gets video 
of the, of this flying pill. And this has all been de- declassified and all this, um, this, this shit is, is so nuts. And like with, with all the flying objects that, that, that they, they've been, they've been finding, like, I can't help but think like, is that going to be the next big thing? And if Kurt was on here, he'd, he would say it's some sort of government, you know, conspiracy. And maybe it is like, may, maybe this is some sort of uh, technology that the government has that they just haven't unveiled. But this, if you guys haven't watched this, the show UFOs, give it a watch, especially you, Trevor, because it, it it's one of these things where it's, you know, your wildest imaginations, except for it's like really fucking qualified people are talking about it and they have video evidence of what they're talking about. So pretty wild. I, mean, I don't I don't know if we're too late in the pod, but I just like to say I 100% believe in ancient aliens. So. I, I don't even know. <laughs> ancient aliens, sure. Just, just aliens in general. Like I'm, I'm so, so, yeah. so in on that just just please tell me the host of this ufo show is the same guy from ancient aliens with the, the georgio guy hair. with the hair yeah, yeah no, with the hair straight up oh, god i just uh, he just needs to be on there no, there's, that would, that would there's no me. host it's like a reputable documentary <laughs> oh so it's it, the first three or four seasons of ancient aliens was great and like was so good but then you can tell her like okay this is a, a cash cow we can make more of these and they're just like trying to find every any shred of something they haven't talked about yet and they're getting further and further and further away from like mainstream. And it, 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 it's by season like 10, they're just like, yeah, no, they were, the they were introducing like, instead of like Neil deGrasse Tyson being there as like an expert, you know, first, and they like bring on like a, com- a comedian or <laughs> someone that has like no actually like scientific ties. That's when you knew it was like, all right, this might yeah. be going more for I lives in an RV off the grid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it, it, it's, just, it's just wild, especially with all these declassified videos that they talk about on here. Like the U.S., once the U.S. government is throwing up their hands going, we don't fucking know, that's that's wild because it, it, it's, it's almost comforting to think like the U.S. government has some sort of pact with the aliens. And that was kind of the conspiracy for a while is that they knew about it. But I think as it turns out, oh, that's the, they yeah, don't that was the whole men in black premise. Yeah. Like, like they landed here and we went out and met them and like have diplomatic relationships. Exactly. <laughs> it's almost comforting to think like we've already talked to them. We've already negotiated them. So we kind of know what their intentions are, but this, this whole thing, like my, all right, let's just, let's just throw out some theories. Like if, if you guys have some theories and that, I think, I, I truly do believe in aliens. Ancient I, alien I, factor cap? I, I, I Yes. Ancient aliens factor cap. Um, I think they're literally just watching us. Um, and they're just monitoring us. Almost maybe fascinated. Maybe trying to figure out if we're going to destroy ourselves. And maybe even trying to prevent it. Because if you look at the amount of UFO sightings, they, they actually peak around like nuclear um, and like government like bases and like uh, weapons testing facilities and things like that. Like that's where a lot of UFO sightings are. So it's like they're monitoring those type of things. I don't know. Yeah. No, I mean, I will say fact because I'm going to say, even if they're not like monitoring and they don't have the ability to like deep, st- deep space monitor us somehow. And, it, you know, we're so far out of the way. It doesn't make sense to like, you know, run missions and, and put craft here regularly. There's so many satellites around the U.S. They could have easily, sli- or around the world, they could have easily slipped one or two in and have like a satellite orbiting, orbiting us. They're like, oh wait, what are all these things around here? Okay, and they just kind of sneak their own in. No, it's it's definitely fact, and uh, I, I think there's, <laughs> I think I really do think that aliens 
basically created us, you know, in one way or form religions, you know, go after there's some type of God out there, Allah, whatever. I'm pretty sure a friggin' alien Allah just decides, like, all right, let's, you know, let's, let's do this Petri dish, you know, let's try out, you know, what these organisms can do over time. And there's the earth. Let's, let's see what they do. And, you know, God's their witness. They get to watch us basically kill ourselves and then do every dumb shit that we do out there. And they're just there watching it at like the Truman Show. <laughs> Saying, look at these, look at these guys do what they do. So, um, yeah, and then occasionally they'll throw someone in there and you know, prevent a worldwide nuclear disaster, um, hence UFOs. But yeah, totally fact, they're out there. And uh, hopefully in our lifetime, we'll really get to see... Uh, I've, well, I've seen that theory that like the reason there we can't find the missing link is because it was like a genetic modification that jumped that gap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which, I mean, I actually read a, a it's actually a sci-fi trilogy. Um, and have you ever heard about the bottleneck theory of evolution? So it's it's basically it, when a population gets reduced to a, a ridiculously minute size, um, there there's a theory that uh, at one point a, a, a huge volcano went off on Earth. And it condensed the human population down to like dozens of people. And because there were so few people, something triggered in our genes and, and at, at some point gave us this ingenuity that we never had before. And it, and it created like this, this greater intelligence that humans now have. Because at some point, if you look at in, in our evolution, we just took a huge step forward. And all of a sudden, we're doing things that obviously no other animal was doing and it, and it seemed to be a very sudden point so the premise of this sci-fi book was like aliens were basically monitoring our planet and <laughs> trevor you're gonna love this aliens mm-hmm. were monitoring our planet like watching and they saw this volcano go off and and they, they were watching humans and they wanted humans to survive so they came down and they gave humans like this genome that like unlocked this greater intelligence and like it it, it that's basically what the entire trilogy was was about, but the, that bottleneck theory is pretty interesting um, because there is a point where we all of a sudden just took a huge leap. Maybe that was aliens. Yeah, it's a theistic evolution is a, is a basically another theory that explains that you know evolution is basically guided by like a higher force that could be you know aliens kind of keeping us alive or interjecting intelligence as you mentioned. But it's funny how you, you mentioned a volcano scene. Um, I'm pretty sure there's a Star Trek did a very similar thing where they went to a planet and saved some humanoid species from a volcano so that they could survive. So um, I don't know if that's, that's the same book that you read, but uh, it's, it's an interesting topic. I, I, <laughs> no, I, I didn't read Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't unknowingly Picard, the yeah, book. <laughs> I didn't unknowingly read an entire trilogy of Star Trek and then not know it was Star Trek. <laughs> what is this? No. So why do these guys have red jumpsuits? I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys. Like we said, wasn't a lot to talk about. We'll be back next week with hopefully more news to talk about. So we're going to close this one out. Any closing thoughts? All right. We're out. Good night.